Why would we want the brightest, the most innovative people in this country to take their hard-earned money and send it to Washington? The notion of prophecy is dangerous and worth worrying about. Yeah, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. It's a platform for people that are sitting home trolling an unemployment check, sitting in front of a keyboard. And I just sort of said, screw it, I'm gonna go out whatever, whatever I want to think and I want to feel, I'm gonna feel it and, and let that happen. And it, it was a little bit like pressure was off of me. All right, we're rolling, we're recording. Back Judge Podcast, Championship Weekend. You have Scott John Dolan out there in East Lansing, Lee and Tommy Murray here in Chicago. We're all feeling pretty good. It's getting cold here in the Windy City. Uh, but that's just how we like it, baby. We're some Midwestern boys. We got some meat on our bones. It's been cold, but but only one of us has been on them vacations. <laughs> um, let's just do some uh, Sam Harris housekeeping to, to kick off the pod. Um, obviously, championship weekend, we're putting these games first, but draft season, it's coming soon. Uh, draft season has started on our website, thebackjudge.com. Go and uh, check it out. Some good content going up there. I'm sure Tommy will release... Mach 1 of 47. Hmm. Yeah, uh, soon. seriously. Um, and uh, just, a, just a sneak peek for all of our listeners, and also you guys, too. I'm keeping this secret from you. Uh, there's going to be a new intro, special for draft season, for the first podcast uh, after the Super Bowl. And uh, it's going to be super exciting and, and great, and I think everyone's going to enjoy it. Our That's... fascist leader is making us get a new intro. That's music, yeah. to, music to my ears, man. Um, and then uh, another, just a quick note for, for all of us here in the studio. Uh, last week, good good podcast. I was on vacation, getting a little carried away. You know, we're a family-friendly show. Let's keep the four-letter words uh, to zilch. No four-letter words here on the on the back, Judge. Keep it clean, boys. I want to know, is this coming from Gosh, Monica, Martha, Clay, no, Ford, No, no, this, this is straight from my heart, man. <laughs> yeah, you sound like Firestone Ford or something. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. This no, no, this isn't, this, isn't, this isn't Barstool, man. We uh, we keep it clean, and uh, we're just we're gonna roll on with that straight analysis, and, and we can be we can be funny and and cunning and uh, you know witty without without throwing in those. Uh, I love upset. it. Clap. Way to put your foot down, Clap. I admire so, that. Yeah. I admire that. There we go. Let's, You're lucky Nick Foles isn't playing anymore, so I don't have to use <laughs> any of those words. It really was a Lee and Dolan problem. I think Clap and I. Oh. Were the most yeah. Dolan and I are passionate, man. Yeah, we're passionate. Once we start talking some NFL, I mean, geez, no anything can happen. No one's lost more money than in this foursome than me and Dolan. That's why. We, <laughs> that's why we dropped the most f bombs. Um. So let's get into the news of the week. Uh, I think we'll probably get into some of the head coaching hires next week when there's no game. Obviously, the two-week layoff before the Super Bowl, we'll get into some of the new coaching hires because we haven't really done that yet. But we are a Lions podcast, blatantly obvious Lions bias here on the Back Judge. And they hired their man, Daryl Bevel, uh, OC. He was the OC in uh, Seattle from 2011 to 2017, was in uh, Minnesota for a few years before that. Lee, you were the one of the first people kind of in our group chat just to react positively to this news. Obviously, none of us are huge, you know, scheme exes and O's here with Daryl Bevel. We're not on the ground, know exactly kind of what his deal is. And obviously, a lot of, you know, his plays are going to change with this year off. He's been tweaking, watching NFL film. Uh, So what are just your general impressions here, Lee? Um, I'm excited about it. I'm not going to pretend to know anything I don't know, but I am excited about the fact that he won a Super Bowl in Seattle. 
he was a part of that Seahawks offense, and I know the defense was the was the thing that probably got them there at the end of the day was that LOB defense and those great backers in D-line. But Bevel was an O coordinator for a successful team for six years, and that's a really good sign, I think, and that's a sign of stability and a sign of jewelry that uh, the Lions aren't familiar with. If you think about the guy that was there before, Jim Bob Cooter, compared to Daryl Bevel, I think there's a lot more positives coming from Bevel with a, little more, with, with a bit more experience and, like you said, Klepp, a year away from the game. And I think when you have that experience and you have that hunger from being away from the, from the game for a year and you've been watching it for a year, tweaking what you're doing, I just think there's a lot of excitement to be had around this offense. There's talent on the offense, and there's a guy who we know is not incompetent. We know mm-hmm. this guy is not incompetent. So I'm excited to see what he can do with an offense that you can make an argument with Stafford and the pieces around him is just as good as those Seattle offenses, and hopefully they can be somewhat as productive. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll pitch in really quick with the limited things that I know about him as well. Uh, I think that all the points that you made, Lee, was great. And something that I guess I could take away is I would like to think that this is going to do some wonders for their run game, or at least make this team's identity a run-first offense. Uh, and, and make Stafford, I don't want to say more of a game manager, but just take less off of his shoulders and le- really let carry on. Uh, you know, lead this team because I think he's fully capable of doing this. I think Carryon Johnson could easily be a pro ball running back. And it, it makes me excited because when you look around at the offenses in this uh, division, I mean, obviously you have Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and then Nagy in Chicago. And then, uh, you know, Minnesota wasn't really anything to write home about this year. Uh, the Lions could be the best offense in this division. I don't think that that's that much of a far stretch, especially with an off uh, an offseason in front of them. So I think this is a positive move. Yeah, um, the biggest thing we said that I completely agree with is that uh, when I saw this hiring is that Daryl Bevel has proven to be competent. And that's what we really needed with this hire. The fact is that our last two guys, Joe Lombardi and Jim Bob Cooter, were assistants who got promoted to a job that they really should have never had. And um, this guy has proven that he can have a good running offense. We saw him uh, lead March on's resurgence. And um, I'm a little iffy on it. Like, obviously, we just hired the guy. And there are going to be a lot of Lions fans who are really for it or really against it. It seems like no one, there aren't really many moderate Lions fans nowadays. But I'm just going to relax. I'm going to see how the team uh, shapes out. I'm glad to have a winner and an experienced guy as our coordinator. But um, I'm a little iffy on how it's going to work for Stafford, especially uh, coming off his worst year. Um, And uh, Bevel kind of had a history of being a little bit conservative with Russell Wilson. Granted, he was younger. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how those guys gel because he's not a QB whisperer or one of Stafford's guy, guys like Jim Bob was. But I'm excited, and I'm not going to throw around that they're going to have the best offense in the division because they were terrible last year. But uh, things look nice so far. Yeah, my biggest takeaway from this is you look at the offense that Bevel won the Super Bowl with, and I know the defense was a huge part of uh, that season as well, but the offense was no slouch. And they put up points in that Super Bowl. They did a lot of good things that whole season. And you look at the guys that he was coaching up. I mean, Russell Wilson, great talent. Marshawn Lynch, great talent. But those are dudes that when they came to Seattle, they weren't anybody. Like Bevel had, I would have to say, had some hand in in making these guys who they were. Uh, He made dudes like, you know, um, I'm forgetting his name, the guy that plays for the Jets, Curse. Um, Yeah. You know, play, make, make the, you know, Ricardo Lockett, just dudes like that who 
really aren't great players, but he makes them work in his system. And I feel like that's where Jim Bob Cooter failed a lot when guys like Carryon Johnson went down, Golden Tate was traded, Marvin Jones went down. We didn't see any production from the dudes that were coming in from behind them. I think this year you saw a lot of Cooter just the Caldwell thing. I think Caldwell, you know, shielded a lot of Cooter's shortcomings just in terms of experience. And Cooter matched with a defensive-minded head coach. I mean, he was the head offensive dude, and I think that just wasn't a position he was ready for. So, like Dolan was saying, obviously, to Lombardi, Cooter, those are both first-time play callers that the Lions had hired as their last two OCs. So, really uh, excited to get a guy with some offensive experience and also a guy who, you know, these up-and-coming dudes often get plucked into becoming head coaches. Bevel, I'm not sure exactly what that would, I don't know. I haven't really heard his name when he was with Seattle or anything of being a head coaching candidate. So I don't think he's necessarily a guy where if the Lions come in and have a great offensive season, he's just going to get stolen away immediately. So I, I like that aspect too, that he could definitely be here for two to three years, depending on how, and obviously what happens with Patricia and the whole team as a whole. So um, definitely was good to see. I was happy they didn't get some dude from, you know, New England or continue with the Northeast nepotism or just get some dude that worked with Sean McVay in L.A. Uh, they kind of made a different move. And I think that shows a little bit of growth from from Quinn and Patricia saying, hey, we've been doing this New England thing, but last year didn't work out so great. So we could probably use, uh, you know, a few different minds in this building. So o- overall, pleased with it and just looking forward to seeing what this team does in free agency and in the draft to maybe fill in just a few little holes. And you know what's interesting, Clef, is like I, I feel like as soon as as soon as you shut down for the season you know, after the Carolina game, we talked about get Carry on Johnson, get a cryogenic chamber, put him in there, heal him up, and hand the ball to him three hundred and fifty times next year. And, and while I don't know if I want to see him reach that exact number, the Lions picked the perfect guy to help him really uh the run game made huge progress this year. Well, that's not saying much because we've been bad for a while. But it seems like the Lions in the front office has a decent idea of what they want to do with this team. And I think Bob Quinn's always had a good idea on like what positions he wants to address and how he wants to build the team. It's just all about execution and getting the right guys. So I like this move on paper, but uh, we won't know for sure until they start doing OTAs and hearing word around in preseason games. So as of now, it's looking all right, but we'll see. Let's get into these uh, championship games, boys. So at 2.05 Central Time, 3.05 Eastern. Rams in the Superdome at the Saints where they lost their first game of the season. Uh, kind of a little bit of a you know revenge tour last week for the Eagles that didn't work out so great as they lost in the Superdome this year as well. Rams are going to try their hand at this uh, and this week. Obviously, Saints are my Super Bowl pick since July. I don't really have to say that. been said many times on the podcast, so I'm rolling with my, with my Saints in, in New Orleans. But kind of curious to see where you guys stand at this one. It should be a great game. I, um, as you've been on the Saints for a while, I've been on the Rams for a while, and um, this is a tough call because especially we talked about they lost their first game of the season, um, and while it does look close, um, they, they brought it in, it was a tie game before um, that uh, scoring outburst, uh, Michael Thomas is t- uh, absolutely beasting Marcus Peters, which um, that's going to be a topic of discussion going into this game. Um, but the Rams were down 35-14 in that game, and it really wasn't close for a while, it was a nice comeback. But I, I'm going to take the Rams in this. It's a really hard pick for me. Um, I don't love the Saints right now. I'm getting a little tired of Drew Brees, and I'm tired of seeing Sean Payton and his small mouth. 
just sitting there on the side, sidelines looking all stern, knowing that he's got uh, money on uh, Nick Foles' head and all that. Fletcher Cox, let's get him out of there. He's still doing that. It's still the same old Sean Payton. I don't want to see this team be that successful. Um, and I think that there are times, like obviously the Saints are a really good team, and it's hard to dispute that they're the best team in the regular season. But there are some times where they they're just fall out of the game. I mean, we saw it in the first quarter uh, last week versus the uh, Eagles. We saw it uh, in the second half when they played the Rams at first. And it's really tough to go into the Superdome and uh, win, obviously. They've never lost a playoff game there. And while I, I expected my cowboy, Jared Goff, to have a big game last week, he did what he had to do. But it was another cowboy, not the first overall pick, an undrafted Cal Golden Bear, C.J. Anderson, had a little bit of a career resurgence towards the end of the year. He was great. Both him and Gurley had um, 100-yard games. And that's going to be a game changer. That's a nice uh, little answer to having uh, Ingram and Kamara is having your own running back duo. That offensive line has been blocking great. And um, I'm going to have to stick with the Rams. And especially with that run game resurgence. And uh, Sheldon Rankins, he's uh, out for the rest of the playoffs after that uh, injury last week. Uh, This is a tough one. Hopefully it hits this over at 57. Um, but I'm gonna take the Rams in this, and I probably take I probably take the points because they could lose a close one. I I'm I, I liked a lot of what you just said there, Dolan, uh, and I, I kind of want to talk about the Rams Cowboys game a lot, where the Rams um, were just in the trenches, dominated the Cowboys really on both sides of the ball. The Cowboys had no push up the middle, and the Rams offensive line kind of dictated that game, like you said, they had two 100 yard rushers. I mean, C.J. Anderson, man, he looks like he's put on, like, 20 pounds, too. I mean, he's, he's boy. Yeah, he's a big boy. He's, he's running great, though. Um, and I, But moreover, I just don't think they're going to be able to do that two weeks in a row in um, New Orleans. The, the loss of uh, Sheldon Rankins is huge, but they still have Tyler Davison. I mean, Cam Jordan on that line. Marcus Davenport's been playing well. Uh, and this defense, I mean, I just think the Saints have a better defense than the Rams. The home field advantage really is huge. Uh, and they have a better quarterback, and they have a, I mean, I think they have a better, I mean, their offense can compete. It's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to hit over 57, uh, but I like the Saints uh, to come away. Uh, I, I actually, just as a side note, I think I might take the under in this one. I think it's going to be a little bit of a clash, and I think both yeah. of these defenses have underperformed all year, and I think that this is kind of the time where the veterans on defense are going to know that they need to step up, and uh, even the young guys too. But... Uh, I, this game, uh, and I probably, I think, definitely actually am in last place in playoff pick'em uh, back judge edition this year. So my uh, my my, uh, my spidey senses have, have been definitely off this year. But this has been this was kind of an easy pick for me. I think that the Saints are at home. Drew Brees is forty. I don't know how many more shots they're going to have at a Super Bowl chance. And I think that they have the better offense at the end of, at the end of the day, and that's what's going to matter when it comes down to it. Uh, Running backs, you can even throw those guys out the window. It's going to come down to Breeze's arm and Goff's arm. I have a hard time seeing either of these guys throwing the ball less than you know 38 times each. You know, maybe even more than that. So it's going to come down to those guys' arms. And I think uh, you know my money's on Breeze and uh, the Saints secondary to come up and make plays when it matters, and the Saints to book that ticket to the Super Bowl. Well, and one thing I just wanted to say too is Marcus Peters is really starting to piss me off, man. And I really want to see Michael yeah. Thomas give it to him this weekend. Uh, and I think he will. And I think he's had a really kind of exposing year uh, where that, that magic from, from his Kansas City tenure is kind of washed off. So I'm expecting a big game from uh, Michael Thomas in this New Orleans passing attack. You know, I don't even – they're not even putting Peters. Uh, from what I've heard is uh, Tlaib is going to be playing on Thomas. And I – Good luck. I don't, 
Good he's going to do better with that. I really don't think he'd even do that much better. And Sean Payton and Marcus Peters have been jawing at each other a little bit, so I'm sure Peters would like to get another chance at Michael Thomas. But um, I think everyone on this podcast knows how that would end. So I do hope that they put to leave. The boy uh, king has to move east. The boy king has to move east. That's good. that's difficult for him. He has to, you know, pack his bags and get on a plane. You know, and that's it's not always easy. No, and think about, I mean, when the when Philly had to make that drive last week and the Superdome just got so loud. You know, when the Saints like took the lead and it was and Philly was on, down for the first time, uh, and I just. Man, Jared Goff is going to have a hard time in that environment. You know, everyone's going to be hammered. You know, it's going to be 3 p.m. Everyone's going to be per- like perfectly blackout, like you know, 50% of that uh, stadium is. So it's going to be just a deafening environment. You boys are putting me on Rams Island uh, once again. I go into the Superdome uh, with my back against the wall. This is going to be a tough one. I apparently didn't learn my lesson last week, but I and, and I don't know. I don't really trust Goff in those situations, like. When Nick Foles was when he like he had his chance to get it when they were uh, at first, but then the missed field goal by Will Lutz gave him a chance for some more Foles magic. And um, no matter how badly he played during the game, he was still leading them down the field at the end. He was still doing Nick Foles things. He still kind of had that composure in the clutch. Um, Jared Goff hasn't really showed much of that recently or uh, during his career, and um, he seems to be kind of the guy who will like pucker down sometimes when he's feeling pressure, pucker down when there's noise in the crowd. And that's a good point that the uh, boy king is heading east. So I'm going to stick with the Rams, though. They're my Super Bowl pick at the beginning of the year and might as well stick with the boys. Let's get into this AFC game. And back in December, I called the Patriots the inconvenient truth of the AFC playoff picture. And it, it seems that way. I mean, they just absolutely dominated the Chargers from the jump. It was pretty apparent that the Chargers didn't have a chance very early on. And it's, once that Desmond King fumble happened on the punt, uh, it was just game over for Phillip Rivers and, and Anthony Lynn. And now they have to head to Arrowhead. And I think that's the only thing really um, keeping me from really just locking up the Patriots is the fact that they have to travel. Last time they traveled for the AFC Championship game, I believe it was when they had to go to Denver. Uh, to play that Peyton Manning team that ended up winning the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, that that definitely plays into the hand of the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid. Uh, would really love to see Andy Reid and Mahomes get to a Super Bowl here. I'm, I'm rooting for them. Uh, I just have to pick the Patriots. They looked really, really good uh, last week. I think that week of rest really helped them out too, and obviously just an extra week to for Belichick to prepare is just lethal. I, I don't know really how you can – coach against that it's just really difficult especially for a team like the chargers who had to go east two weeks in a row um and do you guys know what the line on this game is uh, both games are uh three the line is three for both games for the home team yeah yeah okay yeah i mean i would i would take the past money line baby I, I think they're just gonna get it done in arrowhead um that's just my opinion i don't know where are you guys at with this one this is uh like I don't want to, the thing that's tough about the Patriots is like, I I don't want to be like Max Kellerman. I don't want to be one of those guys. Yeah. Like this is where the Patriots dynasty finally ends. He says it every game. And if it ever happens, then he's going to be like, see, I told you so. So I think I, me and club, we were heavily on the past last week. Like I didn't think it was, I knew they were going to win. I didn't think they were going to blow the doors off them, but um, all the signs kind of point to the Patriots, maybe coming back down to earth in Kansas City. We've already talked about their struggles um, or when they played they played Denver twice actually uh, in the conference championship game in Denver and lost both of them 
uh, one when Peyton Manning, uh, his, I think it was the record-breaking year when they got yeah uh, when they lost to the Seahawks. the Seahawks by a lot. They lost that one, and then even when Peyton Manning uh, and Brock Osweiler were playing uh, quarterback musical chairs, they lost a close one in that. Uh, but um, Steven Jackson was the running back for the Patriots. But and the Patriots have struggled in Arrowhead. I mean, everyone remembers the infamous Trent Dilfer game when uh, they lost forty-one to fourteen against the. Uh, Chiefs and Arrowhead, and uh, he came out and said that the dynasty is over. Like I said, you never want to be one of those guys. But the Patriots were uh, a team I picked to make the Super Bowl. I said that they were going to lose to the Rams in the Super Bowl. I thought they would win the AFC. But uh, I'm going to change my pick. And uh, it feels kind of tough doing this, but I'm going to take the Chiefs. Um, the Patriots, it's a tough team to talk about. It's a tough team to pick because – it's all the signs point to them losing, but they still have Brady and they still have Belichick, who's the greatest coach of all time by far. And he's still going to have a hell of a game plan, I expect. And it's supposed to be cold there. And uh, even though it's Kansas City's at home, Mahomes doesn't have a lot of experience because he's young playing in cold weather. Tom Brady's been doing that since Mahomes was in diapers. Uh, but I think that the Patriots, all five of their losses came on the road this year. Um, again, and they're going against a seven and one uh, at home Chiefs team, uh, and I'll, I'll have to take the Chiefs. There was one other thing that I was thinking, but uh, I'm going to stick with the Chiefs in this, and hopefully, uh, Mahomes. I know this is going to be the he gets the revenge for that first uh, game, uh, week six, I believe it was, uh, when they got that first loss of the season. But this time, it's in Arrowhead, and it's going to be a little different. I'll take the Chiefs. Yeah, Dolan, I'm with you there, man. And, Clep, I feel like we kind of are thinking about this game very similarly. Um, where, And I think I'm just going to take what you were saying with Arrowhead. Arrowhead kind of is the deciding factor for me. If this was in Gillette, I would be on the Patriots. Um, and like you were saying, Dolan, all their, the Patriots have been great at home this whole year. They're undefeated, and all their losses have come on the road. Um, I know that there's been some rumblings at this game. It might be you know under, below zero, the temperatures. I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, with Mahomes, you don't know if that's going to affect the vertical, vertical passing attack, really. Like, you know, what really is going to stop that dude from winging it? Didn't really last week. Yeah, exactly. Um, and speaking, I mean, like you were saying, I actually didn't watch any of the Chargers-Patriots game um, because I was working. But uh, it, from what Lee told me and from the highlights that I saw, it looked like a complete thrashing. And But I did get to watch the Colts-Chiefs game, and I think that similarly was just a thrashing. for The, the Chiefs just looked like a much better team. The Colts were finally... Their defense was finally really exposed by a team that was, you know, obviously much better. And the Chiefs' defense, another thing that really is leaning in the Chiefs' favor for me is that defense, man. The defense played really well against uh, the Colts' offensive line and that just arrowhead. It's like the Superdome with New Orleans. It's just such an intimidating place to come in and get a win. Obviously, I say this with a lot of trepidation because I've been picking um, when I when we did the preseason, uh, I mean, not the preseason, the playoff predictions. This was my AFC Championship, and I picked the Patriots, but... The Chiefs have just done everything to kind of confirm that they really are a juggernaut, and I just think they're a better team than the Patriots, and Brady and Belichick are the only thing that's really keeping this uh, this team alive. So I'm going to go with the better team and the Chiefs at home. Yeah, I uh, I completely agree with everything Tommy just said, honestly. Clap, I'm putting you on Patriots Island. I think that might be wow. the first time that's ever happened on the back judge, but I find, it, I find this to be a really hard position to pick against the Chiefs, and my main reasoning, honestly, is the guy coaching them. That's Andy Reid. And that's uh, a guy who has done an absolutely phenomenal job with his young quarterback this year. And I know Mahomes has a lot of God-given talent, and I'll never deny that. Uh, but Well, I did before the season, but I won't <laughs> deny it anymore. Um, but Andy Reid, man, I, the, what they're doing offensively this year and the amount of weapons that they're using. Sammy Watkins looked great last week. 
I know, I, I know Kelsey's going to have over 100 yards against the Patriots and a touchdown. I just know Kelsey's going to have a big game. I know they're going to be moving the ball. And, boy, like Dolan said, that, that game they played week six, I think it was, or week seven, I think it was 43-40 to 40 was the final yeah. score in Gillette. That was an absolute showdown. And I was on the Patriots hard that week. Yeah. And it was nice seeing him win. But, boy, did Mahomes scare me until the, until the clock hit triple zeros, man. And Mahomes just looked like – just looks like a freaking veteran out there, man. He looks like he's 31 years old playing quarterback for the Chiefs. Like, if you couldn't see his face, he's out there slicing and dicing, delivering the ball where he needs to be every single play. And I just think that the Chiefs are the hottest team right now, and I'm, and I'm going with a hot hand on both sides with New Orleans and with Kansas City, especially the arrowhead factor at home. Like Tommy said, I was going to go on a big big spiel about the, uh, the D-line there in Kansas City and your boy Chris Jones. And um, Justin Houston, man, those guys are complete man-eaters on the D-line. I think this Kansas City team, like Dolan said in last week's episode, is kind of like if they were to lose that game to the Colts, it's like, where are we? This is kind of where they, they know that this is their year. They've got the big boys of the AFC coming to town. And I think this is kind of the whole season coming to fruition for the Chiefs. And I, I like them to win this game. And I just wanted to make one more uh, point, too. That, I mean, the Chiefs' offensive line has just been awesome all year. Eric Fisher getting in the Pro Bowl. He kind of was a bust, really, for the first year, a couple years of his career after being the first overall pick. Uh, and my boy, Damian Williams. I'm not, I mean, I get, I, he's not really my boy, but I got him in fantasy, so he might as well be yeah. my boy. And he, just, cool, he, he played great last week, man, and he really can do everything. Um, he's kind of a Kareem Hunt light. I mean, he really can do everything that Kareem Hunt does. Obviously, he's probably not as talented as Kareem Hunt. But, I mean, the guy does everything. They just re-signed him to a, a little three-year deal, I think, worth about $6 million. I think that's just a great deal for them. Uh, they found value uh, with this guy, and I just think this Chiefs team uh, is just a complete wagon right now. If you, I'm going I'm to make a little prophecy right here. Oh. And that is, uh, if the Patriots go on and win the Super Bowl, I think uh, Brady's walking off into the sunset and retiring. And I, I kind of just want to see where you guys would be at with that. I don't think so, man. He's going to play until he holds every single passing record that's available because that's just Tom Brady and that's how he is. I don't, I don't know. I think he still I, I wants think, to play. I, yeah, I think, I'm, I think there's no way. How okay. can that guy be sitting on his couch week one of next year and watching the Patriots with a different quarterback? If he, if he thinks he can play. Just because he won. There's Nick Mullins out there. Just because he got another. It's not like he's. It's not like he's, you know, Aaron Rodgers or something where he's got one ring and he needs another one to cement. It's like, dude. He he doesn't want six. He doesn't. He wants seven. He doesn't want eight. He wants all of them. He I, wants my, everything until until he's done playing. My so. uh, my little prediction will be that he's not going to walk off into the sunset. He's going to get carted off the field. I think that, and I'm not even trying to make a joke. I think that seriously, he's going to have. He's going to get like his ACL torn, like he did in 08 against the Chiefs, or it's going to be something like that. And that's going to be the end of it. He's going to be like 48 or 47. I don't see why not. Or maybe, yeah, 45. 45. That's 45. a fitting way for him to go off. And people forget that Matt Castle went 11-5 and five, uh, that year when Brady was hurt. Brady's Didn't make the playoffs, though. Yeah, it was yeah, a wildcat. We, I mean, we could go to 08 AFC uh, East. Yeah. Was it Pennington? Yeah, the Dolphins. Ronnie Brown. Year. And boy, no, I remember what I was going to say uh, when I was going over why I was picking the Chiefs instead of the Patriots. Now, you guys might have to do uh, a little fact-checking in the mind for me. But I think Tom Brady, uh, he, all of his playoff losses have been on the road besides the can't wait game. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so his, and his, like, obviously he's had losses on neutral field um, in the Super Bowl. He's had more wins than that, but recently he had a couple of loss last year. But I think uh, it's a different team. The Patriots are a different team when they're in Gillette. 
and the Chiefs are a different team when they're in Arrowhead. And I think that's going to come that to a head off collision. And Arrowhead is just the energy was wild. It's wild. Yeah, the Colts yeah, didn't from the kickoff. It was tough. I love was the Belichick. They're going to be up. I, I like that they put that game at night. I, lo- yeah. I love the Belichick presser. Did you guys catch that? Yeah, he was like, "What you know? What do you think of the weather or whatever? And he's like, I'll play anywhere. I love yeah. the, uh, we're, we're schedule a championship game wherever you want. We'll be there. Yep. That's true. That I, mentality, I was man. I mean, Belichick has just said, yeah. when you say the best coach of all time by far, it's like, I'm so with you there. Like, there's no one yeah. who even compares, I don't think. Uh, I mean, it's just like, it's going to be interesting to see um, if Brady were to retire. Uh, like, I think the Patriots would still have, well, maybe not equal success, especially in the postseason, but I think in the regular season, they'd be a very similar team without Ryan Brady. Finley, man. Draft Ryan Finley in the third round and get, that, get the wheels moving. You could plug Jacoby Brissett in there. He'll go 2-0. and You could plug Jimmy G. He'll keep you undefeated. Matt Castle will get you in the playoffs every year except for 2008. Boyer, there are a lot of guys I'd love to see replace Brady and just see them in that Patriots system because Belichick's a wizard. Honestly. Well, that pretty much wraps it up there, boys, eh? Yeah, it's tough only having two games. Yeah. So there's more football to watch, more football to talk about. We're at the end what, here. Man. Have you guys heard any rumors about Trey Flowers can, can maybe coming to the Lions? I, 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 that's a, that's a big target. I don't know if we're going to overpay him or not, or if he, I, that, that's some guy I'd like for to us to look into. Yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to see what the reception was from the, the, the Honolulu Blue Boys. It's definitely a, definitely a solid reception. I mean, as well, like, if we don't take a defensive lineman with the eighth overall pick, I'd love to sign him. If we take someone in the secondary instead, or, yeah. I'm already been, I've been thinking about uh, Jonah Williams falling to eight, and if we're gonna oh. if we would take him, I've already been getting into the. Klopp said it was draft season began uh, recently for us. Draft season actually began for the Lions after the loss of the Seahawks, twenty eight to fourteen. We were like three and three. That's when draft season began. So we've been in it for a while now. Yeah, I'd be fine with Trey Flowers as long as they didn't pay him like eighteen million dollars or something. Yeah, that's what I was saying. But yeah, I mean, I think that was a good uh, good wrap up. Definitely excited to watch these games. It's going to be a, a great Sunday and also a nice little day off afterward. Beautiful. MLK Day. Happy MLK Day. Happy MLK, boys. Happy MLK Day. Yeah, not all of us are doing that off. Oh. I'm job shadowing. <laughs> Unfortunately, Shout out. Unfortunately so- people still demand juice. Uh, <laughs>